I don't think, isn't it illegal to spread ashes places? It is. Well, I, it might be based on country, maybe yeah. not. I don't know, but I know in I know in Canada it is. We can't spread ashes, because <laughs> no. I just want you to toss my ashes in the ocean, <laughs> okay. right? Just like, throw me out there. I'll low-key do that. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll go out in a fishing don't boat. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And you're joining us here. You love romantic comedies. It's great news. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... Yes, I, I love, love you. you. And before we get started, make sure you follow us on Spotify, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and as well, if you want to reach out, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading those, or on our Instagram at Romcom Rewinds. Earlier this week, we got a, a message from Mela. She said, "I just started listening to your podcast while I put my kids to bed. Thanks for the entertainment." I listened to Maid of Honor, and I think you guys should watch Can't Buy Me Love. I haven't seen that movie. No, me neither. Totally 80s teen movie. Not necessarily for your podcast, but just in general. And how about, um, Mela, you should message us what your kids' names are. The next podcast, we can start off with us putting them to bed for you. You're welcome, because we offer more than just a podcast. Here at the <laughs> uh, so, P.S. I Love You is the 2007 romantic drama film. It's technically not a romantic comedy. Although there are comedic elements to it. It's directed by Richard, I'm going to mess up your name, Richard Lagravenise. Uh, it's based on the 2004 novel by Cecilia Ahern. Uh, P.S. I Love You made $156 million at the box office on a $30 million budget. Wow. Kind of a big deal. And it, it had interesting reviews. Mm -hmm. It had good reviews except for one particular person, which I feel like we'll bring up later. Yes, we will. But it's the story of Holly, played by Hilary Swank. And it's the story of Jerry, played by Gerard Butler. These two people are deeply in love, and we see this in the in the first moments. In the first scene, they kind of have this big, huge, blown-out fight that I think really shows by the end of the scene how much, how much care they have for each other, how loving Jerry is. It's realistic, real couples fights. But that makes this moment... It's, it's such an intimate moment between the both of them. And the real crux of this movie is that... Something horrible happens next. It turns out that Jerry has had a brain tumor, and he has passed away. Holly and Jerry, by the way, she's in. She's 29, turns 30 during the movie. I think it's implied that he's in his early 30s. So they're a very young couple, and this movie is of Holly kind of navigating life, being an extremely young widow, uh, and what that means, you know, learning about love and also the loss of love, and there's a pretty significant twist with something that Jerry had had planned for, I think. This movie's like 14 years old. Spoiler alert. But he, as he realized that he would eventually pass away, he had all these letters set up and organized that would be mailed to her after he unfortunately passed away. My husband was 35 years old. He wasn't supposed to die. Are you Holly Kennedy? If I am, will you sing at me? Yes. No, I'm not. Oh, I could get reported. By who? The Leprechaun Union? I got a delivery. What is this? Hey, baby. Surprise. I have a plan. I've written you letters. Letters that will be coming to you all sorts of ways. Now you must do what I say, okay? And that's kind of, that's that's the meat of the movie. What are your thoughts? Um, This movie's sweet. It's it's pretty good. It's all right. Ooh, pretty good. This is a great movie. Um, oh, it, we're going to fight already. I can it, feel uh, it. Keep going. It really pulls at your heartstrings. It's really sad. Um, but it does make you realize to tell the ones you love that you love them, to live every day to the fullest. Um, it really makes you realize that you should hold on to your loved ones, cheer them on, celebrate their successes, be proud of them, and don't take life too seriously. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all that. This is this is kind of a difficult movie. It's one of those movies that um, you, you don't want to sit and think about too, too much because you, you might find some holes in that. You just want to yeah. watch it. You want to live it. You want to love it. And that's how I chose to watch this movie. And you want to have a good cry, I guess, because that is definitely what happens in this movie. I you cry. love a good, sad cry. Is that weird? People like that, right? I think people like it. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't like it. It's It takes me on like an emotional roller coaster. And I, I purposefully don't watch movies that are sad. Like, most of the Disney movies, like Fox Wait, and the Hound. Disney movies? Are you no serious way. right oh now? God, Bambi, oh my God. so sad. 
Bambi's sad. Fox and the Hound's sad. What else is sad? Most movies, most Disney movies. Oh, my God. The Lion King? Oh, my God. You're really equating. I'm bald. You're equating Gerard Butler dying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> To to Mufasa dying. Yes. Okay. Same thing. Off the okay. cliff. I remember when I was sitting in that movie theater as a little kid, I bawled my eyes out while watching The Lion King okay. when Mufasa dies. I was so sad. I don't think we can do any more sad movies. Because <laughs> you're just... <laughs> no, I think we should take a break from sad movies. No more sad movies. Yeah. Okay, because Sarah... We got Wedding Crashers coming up exactly. at some point. That's happy. Hallelujah. So on that note, Sarah, there is a big weep warning at the end of this movie, but but you get There's a lot a of... big weep warning at the beginning of the movie. Did you cry at the beginning, too? Yes, oh I did. Oh, my God. Yeah. I guess we'll get to that in moments. Yes, we will. Wow, an, an early moving weep warning. Yeah, I even talked about it. The, the first time I cry in this movie is... Blank. blank blanks on the way yeah um you get a lot of range of emotions with this movie obviously obviously i think you get really immersed in holly's world of her husband has passed away but she still kind of feels him around because to go from you know living with someone they're with you all the time you're in the same apartment to you're literally never going to see them again but still you're living in the same apartment and all their stuff is still there yeah <sighs> there are all these little scenes where you realize how kind of bent and skewed her reality mm. is in some of these moments and and I think that's very it's kind of like beautifully sad and really it it gets into a a core conversation of of love and loss and I, <laughs> maybe this is unpopular opinion number 1 but like I kind of love that I love a good sad cry cuz you and I are different in that like I cry about something sad and then it's like it's a box that I have I'm like, wow, I just let out all those sad emotions. And then I walk into work the next day, and I'm feeling great. I'm like, wow, I had a sad cry, and that's gone. That emotion is over for Devin. Sarah's different. I guess. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, I um, – this. you're right. It is beautifully sad because it's, it's real. This kind of – like, this stuff happens every day. It's just too sad for me to watch. Fair enough. I thought it was interesting that the novel, though, was written by an Irish author and hey. parts of the movie were filmed in Ireland, but not one of the lead cast was Irish. Gerard Butler is Scottish? Scottish. Hey, I thought that, but I didn't know for sure. Yeah, he was born in Scotland. At least in Leap Year, some of the cast, maybe not the lead cast, <laughs> but at least some of the cast was Irish because the majority of the people in this movie were American actors. Yeah. So it was just interesting, and I think that's that's partially why it got such bad reviews by um, by Irish critics. They always do this. Well, you know, this is the second movie you've done in Ireland with Irish. <laughs> like, come on, guys, with take the not hint. an Irish lead, yeah, yeah because like, Matthew just, Good is British. He is, yes. So, like, just take the hint and just do it with an just Irish. Get actor. us an Irish. I'm sure there's an attractive Irish guy, <laughs> or just set it in Scotland or a instead. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Okay, wait, can we can we go through that, though? I think we need to play a game off the top. All right. That we're going to be playing the most attractive game a few times here, but okay. who is the most attractive Gerard Butler? Is mm. it Irish accent Gerard Butler? Because don't forget, this guy is different than the ugly truth Gerard Butler. That's American accent Gerard oh, Butler. Oh, yeah. Or we have Spartan Gerard Butler. Oh. The Greek king. Is he Leonidas? I can't remember. Yeah, he's a, he's a Greek. I would say this is Sparta. It's a toss up between um, Irish okay. Gerard Butler and, and three hundred Spart Gerard Butler. Hey, yeah. Is that because of his like eight pack? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily because of his eight pack. His eight pack. Oh my god, <laughs> is that even possible? Um, <laughs> but I also like his character, and it was really good too. Yeah, he's a badass. Yeah. Oh, we like badass Gerard Butler. Yeah, badass yeah. Gerard Butler. Not talk show host. But not Gerard talk Butler. show host, yeah, badass no, drag no. Butler. Okay, all right. There's a there's a differentiation there. <laughs> okay, this leads me into, though, Jerry's sexy dance. Obviously, like, this was for some light humor before we got into the real deep stuff of the movie. Um, and basically was an entire blubbery mess for the rest of the movie. Um, thoughts? Thoughts on Jerry's sexy dance? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you're right. It kind of like he does. She's like, roll your stomach. And he's like, Do yeah. Uh. Can you roll your stomach? No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> should, should we see? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got a question, though. Okay. Yeah. I've got a question. All right. Gerard Butler, women love him. 
right? Yeah, they pine over him. I think so. In this movie, specifically mm-hmm. in that scene, he takes his shirt off, and I remember thinking, wow, he he's not really that... A dad bod. He's got like a muscular dad bod. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, he's he's hitting the bells, right? He's he's borrowing up the, the biceps and the chesticle muscles. He's also eating some cheeseburgers on the weekend, yeah. you know? Is that still more attractive than like ripped bod? You know what? I've actually got a few examples. Oh, me, okay. Like Chris Hemsworth. Shredded Chris Hemsworth th- or muscular dad bod Gerard <sighs> Butler. You know, I think Chris Hemsworth not shredded is still... Whoa. I, I think I think I would take dad bod Chris Hemsworth too. Wow. Okay. Hey, that's yeah. a good differentiation though. Mm-hmm. Adam Levine though. Because he's like... Ooh, Adam Levine is very attractive. Really? Yeah. Even with all those weird tattoos? Um... I would like to know what all of his tattoos are beforehand. <laughs> Wait, you you're know, gonna ask like... him? You got like a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah. Need you to explain every single one. Yes, okay. Yes. I might choose ooh, Adam Levine though, he's really hot. But I I might choose Dad Bod Gerard Butler. Okay. okay. Ryan Gosling. Like um when he takes his shirt off in Crazy Stupid Love. Ryan Gosling could be very overweight and I would still choose him. Okay, so muscular dad bod, <laughs> Ryan Gosling, still good. Yes. Chris Evans. Oh, Chris Evans is really attractive. Captain too. America, Why Chris Evans. Why are you choosing like the most, the most gorgeous? Yeah, <laughs> because people love Gerard Butler, and I'm confused by but it. But Gerard Butler is like, he's not. He might not be working out ten thousand hours a day to get that chiseled bod. I don't think it's necessary. Like, I don't think it's always needed the chiseled bod. I think overall, Chris Evans is more attractive, but it has nothing to do necessarily with his washboard abs. Okay, so he could maybe. also eat a cheeseburger on the weekends, knock back oh, a maybe few beer would. skis maybe with the broskies. Oh, okay, there but it I is. But I want him to live his life, you know? <laughs> you got to be happy, Chris Evans. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you got to have a beer if you want a beer. Yeah. You got to have a, a burger if you want a burger. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like you said earlier, um, Jerry passes away from a brain tumor, and we see Holly and her family at his funeral. Um, so this this happens at the bar that... Holly's mom owns Patricia um the priest even gets into it with song and he sings the most inappropriate times yeah um but we see Jerry's urn if you could design your own urn before you passed away what would it be because his urn is like a like a studded I don't even know so I actually know what it's designed off of based off of um in the book it actually explains it more but uh, in the corner of the apartment is Jerry's guitar case. Okay. And it is based off of Jerry's guitar case. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of like an accompanying yeah. item that aesthetically yeah. looks like it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I don't think, isn't it illegal to spread ashes places? It is. Well, I, it might be based on country. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. But I know in I know in Canada it is. We can't spread ashes. Because <laughs> no. I just want you to toss my ashes in the ocean. <laughs> okay. Right? Just like throw me out there. I'll low-key do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go out in a fishing don't boat. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, what, what would you do with your ashes? Where would you want them to be? placed i i was able to grow up on a lake um you know you you're an east coaster so you were able to grow up near the ocean um i think something similar as well that's kind of what i would want even though it's illegal toss you in a lake toss me in a lake okay. call it a day <laughs> i think that might definitely be illegal like at least an okay, ocean, well, okay, ocean, ocean fine then yeah, okay. i'm fine with ocean sea, a body whatever. of water of some kind <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, we'll yeah. get you not there. a bathtub <laughs> not a bathtub yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a problem <laughs> Um, so one of Holly's best friends is played by Lisa Kudrow. Phoebe. Phoebe from Friends. Um, her name is Denise in this movie. And she is definitely, in my opinion, the comedic relief in this movie. I would say she's one of them. She is one of them. Yes, yes. Um, for me, she's a big one. At the funeral, she goes around asking all the guys if they're single, <laughs> then if they're gay, then if they have a job. And depending on their response, she continues talking to them, asking them other questions, or she just walks away. Right. I feel like specifically this is why at weddings we have the singles table. So that it alleviates all of these awkward conversations right. ahead of time. You know, like you can just kind of, you're sitting already next to them or across the table from them. It doesn't make it awkward when you go up to them and be like, hey, are you single? Are you gay? Are you working? Like, it just kind of moves the conversation a little bit less awkward. Yeah. Isn't it awkward even that you're at the table? Like, you sit down and all of a sudden you're like, all these people are 
Single. Oh, I see what you guys did here. <laughs> Isn't that a little bit like? <laughs> um, I think going to a wedding. Do you want to be at the single, singles table? So if, you're like, if sick, you're I'm single, here. Yeah, I okay. think you do. And and you want to find somebody? Yes, I think ultimately you want to be at a singles table. You don't want to be at a table by yourself with all couples. True. Yeah, I know that's awkward. You're right. right. You're right. It's better to be at the singles table. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they, you know, if there's assigned seating at funerals, it should be implemented. Whoa, you're singles. talking about doing the same thing at funerals. Okay, <laughs> kidding, the singles kidding, table at the funeral is over here. <laughs> I know we're all really sad about Jerry's death, everybody. Okay, well, but isn't... Bev, if you want to hook up with Jason, you guys are both single, you both <laughs> go over there, But isn't that okay? what Denise is doing? She is <laughs> yes. literally picking She's up... She's trying to pick up at a funeral. At a funeral. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, Jerry's funeral is a little bit different. It was already it at is, a bar. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I would actually really like that. Like, okay. if, if I was to unfortunately pass away right. a little bit younger, let's let's go ahead and have a drink for Dev. Let's okay, not... so your criteria are ocean and bar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I want you to do. Two, two loves in your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking and water. It's great. <laughs> so this is my first cry of the movie. Oh, we got a we got a Sarah Weep warning already. It what comes, happens? It comes when everything everything's over, the funeral's over, everyone kind of goes back to their lives. She's in bed calling his cell phone over and over again just oh, to, to hear, hear his, his voice. voice. Isn't that so strange? It's really sad because it's probably something that I would do, you know, like, so that I think resonated with me because you want to keep that person alive for as long as you possibly can. And I, it was just really sad. Wouldn't it be strange to hear their, hear their voice after they're passed away? And I I think, you know what, that's a great point, Sarah, because I think the world has only gotten more strange with social media and with like TikTok, Instagram. It's like if somebody passes away, you can literally go on their Instagram and watch videos of them. Yeah. Like, that's that's so odd. Whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was just a photograph, right? Yep. Yeah, it's changed drastically. <clears throat> like, she's listening to his voicemail and hearing his voice again. On his again. flip phone. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that, <laughs> but it was phone. a flip yeah. phone. Yep, yep. So, the first letter arrives, and it's her 30th birthday. Like you said, Jerry, before he died, he set up a series of letters to help her guide through her next phase of life. Like, to figure how to get back on her feet. And... Can we talk about the letters in general? Mm. Personally, I would go insane waiting for them to arrive every day. I would go to the mailbox every day and wait for the mail to arrive. See if I had any letters from my dead husband. (laughs) I would obsess over it to the point where it wouldn't help me move on. My life would revolve around not my husband anymore, but a mailbox. But but getting letters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that said. I still love this movie, and I love that that is the premise. It's really, really touching. It but is. But there's, there's one scene, I think it's the second letter, where she wakes up after her birthday, and her other friend, Sharon calls her, and she's like, hey, like, why haven't you gone to the mailbox yet? And she realizes, oh my God, there's a letter from my dead husband. Right. And she goes running down to the mailbox, and I was almost like, that's kind of, there's like an addiction yeah. there to, to receiving this letter that's definitely unhealthy. With that said... In the end, I think the letters helped her overcome this grief. Yeah, and I think that goes back to Jerry knowing his wife, right? Like in every yeah. case, it could be different for that person. That's what what that's what Holly needed, right? Whereas somebody else might go crazy over the thought of waiting for those letters. They might obsess over it. Well, she so definitely obsessed a little bit. She did. A, she did a little bit, but honestly, I thought she was going to do it more. Like I thought, like I would camp out at the the mailbox, <laughs> and I would wait for the mail person to come and bring me my mail every yeah. day. So I noticed this later on in the movie. Um, they didn't have traditional wedding rings. They had traditional Irish clotter rings as their wedding rings. Yeah, they had the clotter rings. Yeah, which I thought was a really cool touch. Um, you're Irish. That's kind of the easy way a movie becomes a little bit more Irish. They're yeah. like, oh, just give them some clotter rings. Like it happened in uh, it happened in Leaf, Leap Year where he gives her the clotter ring. It's kind of, right. I yeah. mean, it is an Irish thing, but well, it's, it's kind an Irish. It's yeah, yeah, an Irish engagement ring. It, it was just kind of interesting. You have a clattering. I do For have a friendship, clattering. though. Well, yes, and in the middle it says uh, on the inside it says uh, love, loyalty, friendship. So I mean, they're not only used as as engagement rings anymore, which they is pretty cool. Them for a lot of things, yeah, like crutches to make movies more Irish. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. When when no one in it is Irish, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the next letter arrives and tells her to go to karaoke. Love this. Yeah, so they show a flashback to the last time when they were at karaoke with their friends. And, well, 
she takes a tumble. She was basically egged on by Jerry to go up there in the first place. This is the flashback. This of is the, the first flashback. Time, yeah. yeah. And she ends up in the hospital with a broken nose. Hilarious. Do you think she should have been mad at him at the karaoke incident? Okay. So, yeah, let, let's tee this yeah, up yeah, because okay. he's on stage. Gerard Butler yeah. as Jerry is singing the crowds into it. Oh, oh yeah. man. He's got excellent stage presence. He does. And then finally he says something like, all right, who, who wants next? And. And somebody says, Holly, send Holly up there. And he's like, ah, Holly doesn't have the guts. Is that your Irish accent? That's, that's my Gerard Butler. Irish accent. Trying to be, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very rough around the edges. Ah. She would never have the guts to do something like this. Oh, no. In fact, she ate me head off about coming out tonight. You know, she has a long day at the office. Ah, she'll never do it. Um, it also sound like a pirate, but anyway. <laughs> but and then he says something like, "Ah, she ate my head off when I said we wanted to go here, and she's miserable. She had a bad day at work." And like, I think a guy like Jerry, I, I think Jerry and myself have a lot of similarities in that we both enjoy going out somewhere, having a couple pints, and having a good time. And occasionally, um, we need to convince the other half of our relationship that this is the good idea we should be doing that <laughs> night, right? Yeah. So so him saying like, ah, oh, she ate my head off on the way over here. I'm like, oh, fair enough, man. I, I feel that. <laughs> and then, yeah, he convinces her up because like for me in those moments, I'm like, I want you to have as good a time as I'm having and I'm having a great time. So why don't you get your ass up here? Why don't you sing a little song for us? And it is so not her jam. It's like, so not her jam. So Would that not, be your jam? I'm more of like, you know, behind the scenes kind of gal. I, if I, I was forcing yeah. you on stage at a karaoke night, first off, what song are you picking? Brown Eyed Girl. Oh, Van Morrison. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Fun song. Sing along. Everyone can get into it. It's a good song too. Like can it's I, a classic. Can I tell you a secret? Sure. Karaoke night, I, I like. I, I wouldn't actually do it unless I was very inebriated. But songs that I know I can sing word yeah. for word, Disney songs. Oh, I would do Give Smash me... Mouth. Oh, you do Smash Mouth yeah, All Star? Yeah, yeah. Yes, All I Star. I do. I do Aladdin, <laughs> A Whole New World. It's. I know all the words. It's a little embarrassing, but I know I'm not going to mess it up. Oh my god! <laughs> you know when you're a little too drunk and you're like karaoke. What, what do I know for sure that I'm not going to screw up? Okay, I will be honest. The one and only time I've done karaoke, I was. I had I had had a few drinks, um, and I did Brown Eyed Girl. You did so Brown Eyed Girl. So I know I can do it. You know all the words. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even if you're hammered, you know most yeah, of the words. Yes, yeah, most you, of the you words. Can get definitely. It. Put a put sure. a mic in my hand. Put a little screen up there with the words, and I can follow. Yeah. Along. Okay. So then the next letter arrives, um, and says that he is leaving her his leather jacket and to get rid of everything else in the apartment because yeah. it's taking up too much room. It's really not needed. Um, taking up the space. If you had to pick one thing to leave me, what would it be? I, I like his vibe of uh, an item of clothing. Okay. Um, I've got a scarf. It's like a it's like a McNeil tartan scarf. So it is like my my tartan. Your family tartan. And yeah. um, yeah, I mean, like obviously it's significant for that, but it's also something that I wear a lot in the winter. So like, I'd like to give you something that that was on me mm. a lot. So it's kind of like a piece of me being given to you. Are you tearing up? No. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe a little. Aww. Shut up. I would leave you my clattering. Oh, see, the problem with the clattering is that it's not going to fit any of my stubby fingers. G grab it. Give, give it right now. Let's see this. It <laughs> look. It doesn't fit the knuckle of my pinky. Well, we, <laughs> you could you could make it into something else. Okay. Yeah, I'll melt it down and make it into a bigger clattering. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Because I wear it every day or also my hey, engagement ring you know what the, the sentiment's <laughs> I there and give I, you that yeah. <laughs> the sentiment was there and i appreciate it yes <laughs> thank, thank you. you i was gonna say you're shitting all over good this. attempt god <laughs> a scarf that's what i get what? come on jeez okay and so i follow this up with another letter comes mm. he has booked her a trip with her two best friends to ireland yeah Back to the homeland. Great idea. Totally. That is super cool. Oh, my God. And when they show up to the um, the travel agency and she goes, oh, my God, you're her. And she just starts crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Adorable. She the, t the tissues. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Um, she goes to visit his parents. You know what? I'm going to give that a half weep warning. I, I think I did get misty there. Okay. So this leads into my second weep warning. Oh my um, I cried when she went to go and see his parents. 
and when they were talking about Jerry and just how much he loved her and and you know she apologizes for taking him to America and it's just like it was just all around really sad you cried there yeah and then she brings her she she, sorry he brings her to his little cabin and it's just like it was just a sad, touching moment. I I cried a little bit. Don't judge. Yeah, hey. you know what? Hey, no judgment hey. zone over the over this the week warning. This is a Mufasa. Mufasa. What is it? Mufasa. Mufasa moment. Yeah. This is a Mufasa. I'm gonna <laughs> skip that. Can't even say Mufasa. Uh, are you gonna talk about the bar though, where she meets William? I am not. So you can Whoa, dive into it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. While they're in Ireland, she uh, goes to this bar. Yeah. His, I think it's his favorite pub. I think it's like mm-hmm. the the pub from his hometown, right? And I think that leads into their meet cute, but yep. So she's there, and the two girls are like, whoa, check out that tall glass of Guinness over there on stage. <laughs> and there's a guy performing. It is, what's his name again? William Dean Jeffrey or something like that. He's one of those no. guys who has like three first names. Oh, um. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean, Dean Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Hey, that's three first names. Yeah, it is. No, no, you're right. Um, So he is performing on stage. His name's William. Yeah. And Holly goes up, and she kind of flirts with him a little bit. And then he goes back on stage. He's like, I got a song for Holly. And it's Galway Girl. Well, I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. And that kind of leads us into... <clears throat> To Holly maybe moving on a little bit because later trying to anyway I think well I don't know no you know what I think I think what makes her do that is her and this this is my favorite scene this is my best scene Whoa. wait which one when they're stuck in the boat and her realizing that her friends lives have moved on and they didn't share it with her she, that night is when she ends up shagging William William yeah. um, because she realizes she needs to make a push to to try to, to take steps to move on. Can we get into their meet cute though? Jerry and Holly's meet cute. Jerry they have their meet own meet cute. She's lost in a national park and he just so happens to have been walking to town or a town, which I mean, wouldn't he have driven? I guess he was on a leisurely stroll. Like she, the first thing she says to him is I'm lost. Yeah. Which is really and funny. It was really cute. And yeah. Right there. And then you could see in his, in his eyes, like he was like, Oh, she's intriguing. Like I'm intrigued. Like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And, um, they walk all the way back to town and they chat, they're chatting about everything and, and dreams and hopes and everything like that. I thought it was a cute meet cute. It was really cute. There's something that Jerry says. It's a very striking line. Hmm. He talks about how. You know, when you kiss someone, oh. you want it to feel like the world itself is ending in that moment. Ooh, my yeah. God. That yeah. Weep, podcast weep warning. Ooh, I'm, I'm tearing Deb. up just thinking about it. I also thought it was really special that um, he leaves her his jacket, his leather jacket, because when they first met, he gives her his leather jacket to keep her from being too cold, and she walks away with it. And there's there's another connection with that leather jacket. So when William at the bar is on yes. stage performing Galway Girl, it flashes back to Jerry singing that to her when they first meet, and he bar. gets off stage, and he walks towards her in the crowd, mm-hmm. and he says, nice leather jacket. It's a very nice jacket. And at the time, you're kind of like, I don't really understand what we're getting at here. Like, why did she have to? And then, what, 15 minutes later, it's explained. Of how she got the leather jacket. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. I liked that part a lot. Um, I would say, like, that whole flashback of how they met is is definitely up there in my best scenes for sure from that meet cute you know the story of how holly had these big dreams and they never really took off and and at the beginning of the movie we kind of see like she's she's a little bit of a pessimist she's in a job she hates she's in a career she doesn't like she loves jerry but she just doesn't feel that they're where they're supposed to be which i think this movie teaches you like don't take life too seriously and have fun and enjoy it. Enjoy where you're at. Strive for stuff, but don't make it ruin your 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 joie de vivre. Joie de you know? vivre. Ooh, definitely, Ooh. maybe. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, tying that in. Um, well, we're still on Ireland. Yeah. Is there anywhere more sexy <laughs> to travel okay. in a romantic comedy for romance? So Ireland, obviously, leap year. You know, for they sure. Travel to Ireland. Uh, love wedding repeat. They go to Rome. Mm-hmm. Is where does Italy rank on there? Is Ooh, it more Italy, sexy? Italy is a sexy country. Um, Paris, France, France is Paris, also. Yeah. Um, I think is also a very 
the city of love, right? Like that's what people call it. What about yeah. Spain? Spain's the architecture is beautiful. I'm thinking in um in Eat Pray Love, didn't Julia Roberts go to Spain and Ooh, meet like good, Javier Bardem? That's a good question. I can't remember. I think she did. Oh, look at you! She's eating her way through Spain and. <laughs> Javier Bardem shows up. In what way was she eating her way through Spain? Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> no, whoa! <laughs> no, I meant food. <laughs> it's eat, pray, love. Yeah, eat and love, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I'm normally the crass one on this I'm just podcast. saying. I just had to ask. I didn't know what you meant. Was there an innuendo I there that I missed? No, I meant food. I don't know. I mean, sure. I yeah. I think something happened with Javier Bardem. But so after the trip to Ireland, after the trip to Ireland, uh, she goes back to New York and decides, with Jerry's letters help, um, because the, an, in a, in one of the letters, basically says like, figure out what you want to do with your career. You hate your job. Quit, and you know there'll be a sign. And so, sure enough, it turns out that she wants to be a shoe designer. Which I mean, like, I wish it were that easy to become a fashion designer, let alone a shoe designer. But that's what she does. She takes a few classes. I'm pretty sure people go to school for years to become a shoe fashion designer. But hey, she's clearly got a gift. Um, she can really draw. She did take art, so yeah. like an art degree. So, And we kind of get a glimpse at the very beginning of the movie um, that she does love designer pieces, but at a discounted thrifting <laughs> price. I've got a question, though, because her friend, played by Lisa Kudrow, yes. Denise is getting married, and Holly has been kind of AWOL since getting back from Ireland, but then Holly shows up when Denise is doing a dress fitting. Yes. And she does the apology tour, whatever. The apology tour, yeah. But Holly says to Denise, like, you know what I want to do? I want to make the shoes that you're going to wear at your wedding. Yeah. That's a horrible idea. Why? Would you allow? Oh, that's terrible. Why? Okay. She sh she brought her little book. She showed her them. Why? You just started making shoes. Oh, well, clearly the shoes she's walking into the place with are shoes that she's made. If a friend of mine is like, hey, I just started making suits a few <laughs> months ago and I want to make the suit for your wedding, I'd be like, respectfully, Alex. No, there is no way I'm wearing your suit, man. I love you, buddy. I'll pay for a suit. I'm not wearing it at my wedding. That's a horrible idea. I want to support you, but not that much. I think I think in her way, it's it's an even bigger apology than just saying sorry. I think it's it's an olive branch to saying I was supposed to be your maid of honor. I've been a really shitty friend. I was sad because that's what she ends up doing. She ends up saying I didn't respond to any of your texts, calls, emails. Because I, I was feeling sorry for myself. Like, I'm sad. And I think this is her way of saying, look at what I do now. Um, but also, I'm sorry. <laughs> How about this? How about you keep your crappy shoes? Because now I am now I feel <laughs> obligated to wear your stupid shoes at my wedding. Yeah. And, and hey, there's a chance that Holly might actually have a gift, like you say. It's I'm like, not going to take that chance, it's, though. It's like when somebody says, like, I'm going to buy you this for your wedding. And it's like... Like, remember that scene in The Office when Pam and Jim are getting married? Yes. And Phyllis asks Pam, like, is everything on your registry kind of like final? And Pam's like, oh, we we, we accept different gifts, like thinking she's going to give money. And Phyllis <laughs> is like, oh, I make amazing bird feeders. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, no, I don't really want you to... And you're going to make it? Oh, God, that sucks. No, I definitely don't want that. Yeah, you know? and how do you go back and say, no, I don't want a bird feeder <laughs> yeah, that you made. I don't want your stupid right? bird feeder. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and I haven't really talked about Daniel up until this point, but Daniel. Harry Connick Jr., yeah. Yes, played by Harry Connick Jr., yeah. Um, Daniel works at the bar that Holly's mom owns and seems throughout the movie to fill the void of Jerry for Holly. We think that this is who she's going to end up with because they kinda, they're, they're hanging out a lot throughout the movie. They kiss near the end of the movie. Yeah. And there just isn't any spark there for them. And that's okay, but he was an it interesting... Um, he was very jarring in that it's funny. Yeah. You think Denise is a lot of the comedic factor in yeah. this movie. I actually think Daniel. Okay. He's just very... He's very blunt. I think this is, this is obviously an extremely serious movie. And they cut a lot of that seriousness with some dark humor. Uh, which I think is really, really good. Like, like there's a scene where they go to Ireland and Denise gets a letter and Sharon gets a letter mm -hmm. and Holly's like, oh, where's my letter? And Denise is like, I think Jerry loved us a little bit more than me. <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like, it's just this very like straight up sarcastic dark humor yeah. that, that cut a lot of that 
intensity in the movie. Daniel was awesome at that. He yeah, was super he was. blunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, super blunt, awkward, and good. Little, yeah. little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it but it was needed. It was really needed because I think you'd ball the whole entire movie otherwise. Yeah, just be so sad. So sad. God. All the time. So after she she ends up running to her mom crying that she misses Jerry, um, and her mom finally tells her that she's been in on the letters the entire time, um, yeah. and that Jerry asked her not to tell, and she gives Holly some advice about you know her her past relationship with with Holly's father, um, and how you know things ended there. But she also gives Holly the last letter. Yes, which leads kind of you mentioned there's a scene with Daniel and Holly at mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium reading that. That that's actually my best scene. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna dig deep into that okay. in a moment. But but we're on the home run stretch of the we movie are. here. Yeah, yeah. So um at the end of the movie she goes back to Ireland with her mom and um we see Holly run into William and um her mom actually runs into William's father and they kinda hit it off and then we kinda see some sparks with Holly and William as well. Yeah, I, I think that was definitely like a like a meet cute half yeah it's like half the meet cute happened and then the other half of the meet cute happened because now she's like ready to kind of move on yeah and and i think this is something that we didn't uh, mention before but when when holly was in ireland originally and uh her and william hooked up it they find out after that william actually used to play in jerry's band they were and best friends they were best friends growing up from when they were like kids and i think holly's like slightly mortified at the beginning but then it's really cute. They get back into bed and the whole rest of the evening, um, William tells her stories of Jerry growing up, which I thought was really cute, but also it's really awkward. Like I would be like, Oh my God, like this is so weird. This movie, th- this movie deals with grief in such an interesting way that like, yeah, when he's like, dude, like, you know what I can do for you? I, I can tell you some great stories about yeah. Jerry. And immediately I'm like, Oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, but like, morbid. But it might actually be nice, but it's morbid. It's morbid and nice. Yeah, and it's just so. But 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 that's what grief is. It's it's morbid, and you don't. And it's really, hard, and you don't understand how to process it. So so yeah, when he's telling these stories, I'm like, oh, fair enough. I I guess that might be kind of cathartic, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like. I have to say, the end of the movie was an emotional roller coaster for me because. I thought she'd end up with Daniel, and then she doesn't. Yeah, and they were then Daniel up a lot of the way. Yeah, and then maybe William, but we never find out. And I remember being like, "Ah, like what is happening? Like, how do we not know? You gave me all of this emotional roller coaster, and like tearing up and weeping, and blah blah blah." And it ends without really knowing. I think she herself, being by herself, is happy, and I think that's you know part of the point of the movie. But I do have an unpopular opinion, though. I did not like Hillary Swank in this movie. I could not believe her. I didn't, I couldn't get it. I believed more in dead Gerard Butler than I did in Hillary Swank. Wait, just like in the believability of the performance. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so that's what I was alluding to off the top. The critics mm-hmm. enjoyed the movie. They did not enjoy Hillary Swank okay, in well, the movie. Okay, well, I am though. with the critics. But I, I disagree. I thought she was very believable. No, I, I don't. I don't agree with you. I just, I'm watching it and I was like, I don't believe you. I believed dead Gerard Butler's emotions and, and storytelling more than I believed Hillary Swank's performance. I, oh, I know it, it might be an unpopular opinion. I loved Hillary Swank in this movie. I'm Obviously, happy you did. I mean, I, I'm in the minority though, because a lot of people I did not like her I don't know. You'll have to like, yeah, you guys will have to let us know what you guys think too. But um, yeah, I, I just... I, I think I've seen her in some some other movies where she, you know, is um, has a strong performance. Um, you know, they're more dramas, uh, you know, Million Dollar Baby, that kind of thing. And I believed that more than I believed her in this movie. Hmm. Quick facts. Quick facts. During Jerry's sexy dance scene, Hillary Swank was injured when Gerard Butler's suspenders snapped off and hit her in the forehead. Oh, that's real. She, yeah. She was taken to hospital and required several stitches. No. <laughs> yeah. The Christmas edition in 2006 of People magazine said that Jeffrey Dean Morgan had to learn how to play guitar for his part in this movie. His guitar instructor was Nancy Wilson of the band Heart. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey was thrilled to take lessons from her and said, I had a crush on her as a kid. Shout out to his Irish accent because he is born in Seattle. Oh, cool. Yeah. Gerard Butler has apologized to Irish fans for his poor attempt at an Irish accent. Oh, my 
my God. This happens every time, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Because Matthew, Matthew Good, Good also had to <laughs> yeah. apologize to Irish. Yeah. The when Irish I was reading community. it, I was like, hmm, I got to do more research on this part <laughs> and make sure it wasn't Matthew Good. This movie is based on a novel, as you said. Even though the plot of this movie is quite different from the book, all the letters are the same. The book is set entirely in Ireland, whereas parts of this movie takes part in New York City. This is the second movie where Harry Connick Jr. gets called by another man's name by his love interest while sitting down for a meal. Whoa, that's so specific. Yeah. The other one was in Hope Floats. Oh, my God. Lisa Kudrow plays Denise. That is the name of Phoebe's roommate in Friends, Denise. Hilary Swank and Lisa Kudrow, they are born on the same day, July 30th. Wow. In the flashback of Holly and Jerry's meet-cute, Holly fails to quote the 18th century English poet and painter William Blake. She tries to recall a famous quote from Jerusalem, the rise of the great Albion, which is, I must create a system or be enslaved by another man's. I will not reason and compare. My business is to create. The name of Jerry's limo company is Inniscary Limo. Inniscary is a real village in the county Wicklow in Ireland and is Jerry's hometown. P.S. I Love You was shot in Ireland for about 10 days. A couple of those days were shot in Wayland's Pub in Dublin, and County Wicklow locations included Blessington Lakes, Laken, Wicklow Mountains, and the Sally Gap. When Holly's trying to figure out what she wants to do as her new career, one of her career choices is Vampire Slayer. Hilary Swank's film debut was in the film Buffy the Vampire Slayer in 1992. Oh my god, that's so interesting. James Masters, who is also in the movie and plays Jerry's best friend and business partner, is famous for his role of Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the spin-off Angel. Wow. Best scenes. Best scenes. So my best scene, we alluded to it earlier. It's near the end of the movie. It's Daniel, Harry Connick Jr., reading the note from Jerry... At the end, that final letter. Um, full weep warning here. This is this is a weep waterfall. Um, this movie has a lot of feels. It was all culminating to something. Holly having to let go of Jerry, right? Yes. So when they go to Yankee Stadium, it's just Daniel and Holly. We kind of teed up. He might be a love interest. She has that final letter. And, and you, you and I, the audience, we have no idea what it says yet, right? Because the mom gives it to her, and then, you know, some other things happen, whatever. And instead of Jerry's voice reading the letter, because remember, every other letter, she's reading it, but she's not reading it out loud. We hear Jerry's voice. She hands it to Daniel, and he reads her the letter out loud. She's already read it, but, like, he reads it out loud. Right. And there's actually one specific word that just hits my chest like a ton of bricks, like I'm okay, until he says, it's the way you moved me, Holly. It's to tell you how much you moved me, how you changed me. You made me a man by loving me, Holly. And for that, I am eternally grateful, literally. Oh, God. Oh my gosh, I think you're tearing up now. Oh, man. Oh, Nelly. Hey, you know what? You can't even talk because I I happened to watch Sarah (laughs) while she watched this scene. I was watching you watch the scene. Yeah. And yeah, you you also had a a, a weep waterfall warning. I did. I think there's some significance, though, to the fact that every other letter is with Jerry's voice. Yes. And I think this might signify that she's not over him that she still kind of feels him around because letting Daniel read the letter, we don't hear it in Jerry's voice. I think that's her fully letting him go. And then she says, you know, like they try to kiss, whatever. It doesn't work out. They embrace. And she says to Daniel, she's like, I think he's actually gone. Like I can't feel him around. Yeah. And I think that's because we didn't hear the letter in Jerry's voice anymore. Right. Right. Oh, I never even picked up on that. I also think um, Holly's type is an Irishman. Is Irishman? Is is an Irishman. Right. Like, who cares about Daniel? Daniel she goes back to Ireland and fi- finds William, you know? You got to have an Irish accent in order to qualify. I love how I told you this really this really deep, meaningful story <laughs> of this scene, and you're like, nah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, though, Irish accent, here we go. Hop on that, Holly. <laughs> well, she does. She does, yeah. You're not You wrong. know, does she go back just to bring her mom there, or does she go back to find William? I just so happens. Th- I think in the back of her brain, she's like, maybe I'll see William again. Yeah. We're going to that same tiny little town. Well, Jerry's letter does say, look for a sign, and sure enough, they get out of the cab, and she's walking, and there's William carrying some hay. Okay, so my best scene is the boat scene, like I said earlier. Um, the first half is my favorite scene, and I think the latter half really shows that 
like I said a few times now, life moves on and to remember to celebrate those um, you love and their successes. Um, so let's start with the first half of the scene. They're all sitting in the boat. Denise is doing her nails because she's really not interested in anything to do with fishing. And Sharon is trying to teach Holly how to fish. Um, Holly gets a fish, obviously doesn't know how to reel it in because this is her first time ever fishing. Uh, they end up losing the nail kit, the fishing rods, the fish itself, and the oars to get them home. So they are just sitting there. They're literally sitting there, and one of their life jackets goes off, and then the the other decides to pull the other's life jacket. And yes. then by the end of it, all three of them are sitting there with their life jackets blown up, no oars to get home, and they're just sitting there waiting. Like, the Miserable. oars weren't that far. Somebody could have just hopped out and Maybe grabbed the oars. Maybe it was really cold. You still hop it. You don't just sit there in the middle of a lake, yeah, though. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean... I feel like they didn't really seem well prepared. No, you're right. Yeah. So they're waiting there for somebody to come and pick them up. And um, it ends up being William, William who comes and volunteers on the lake, which was just too coincidental. Um, but the latter half of the scene is when Sharon says that if they're stuck out there for much longer, um, there'll be another human on the boat with them. She is, in fact, pregnant. And then Denise chimes in and says that she's found a man and is getting married. All the while, Holly realizing that everyone's been sheltering her and the movement in their lives to make her feel better. Part of it is really funny, and I, I chuckled, and then the other part was, you know, a deeper meaning to, to friendship. Honorable mentions. Um, William, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mine is as well. What? Okay, well, you go first. But mine's not really William. Mine's um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay, so. Ex please explain. Okay, well, let's talk about other characters that Jeffrey Dean Morgan has played in the past. N Negan in The Walking Dead. Negan that the would Walking that Dead. would be later, though. Right, he hadn't been that character yet. Okay, so um, he played Denny Duquette in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> right, yeah. and um, was a patient of Izzy Stevens. Yeah, Catherine um, Heigl. Catherine Heigl, yes, and um. <laughs> God. I, I kind of forget about that. <laughs> well, so this is a really strange and weird storyline that Grey's Anatomy decided to go down. Denny, in this movie, he's um, he's ill. In, he, in the show, he's in, ill. Sorry, in the show. Um, and he ends up uh, getting engaged to Izzy. They're engaged. While he is While he's patient. still sick. Yeah. And, um, you know, Izzy does some things that um, are, are questionable, like moving him up on the transplant list and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He ends up passing on. He, he didn't make it. And Izzy begins to see him as a ghost and ends up sleeping with him as a ghost. Ooh, I forgot that part of the storyline. Wait, she, she sleeps with Jeffrey she, Dean Morgan as a, as a ghost? They shag. Okay. Yeah. And um, we found out later that, you know, Izzy is actually ill and, and it's it's health related, but they go on to not explain that in the show <laughs> for a while. <laughs> and we're not really sure why he's there as a ghost. It's just a really weird storyline. And whenever I see him now, I'm like, oh, you were a ghost in Grey's Anatomy with Izzy Stevens. Like, and it's, ghost it, it was a really weird turn of events because every single like critic's audiences they loved the character of denny and i think gray's anatomy made a mistake with writing him off and they had to figure out how to bring him back oh my god people love this guy and they and they, they brought him back we need to have ghost sex but with in them. a really weird way <laughs> that follows yeah. like i don't know if it really like to this day i think everyone's like that was a weird storyline but anyway that is my honorable mention well the other characters that he has played yeah and and that's another thing about jeffrey dean morgan in that like specifically in this movie actually you know you see him he's on stage he's playing guitar He's singing. He gets off stage, and you're like, "Wow, he's a good-looking guy." And he I, is. I had this moment of uh, his only role in Grey's Anatomy was to just lay in a bed <laughs> and be and be sick. So it's like, yeah, I guess when he's physically standing yeah. up, all of a sudden, wow, you're an attractive guy. I kind of yeah. get what even is he even saw. <laughs> That's the first time we saw him outside of a hospital gown. That's kind of weird, right? Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, what should have been. I am happy that we get to see her at the end in Ireland and we get a glimpse that she may end up with William, but I wish we could have had one of those like one year later type endings and we would have seen them together happily, you know, in Ireland and her mom there and like just, just kind of like, um, you love confirmation. <laughs> like it's a, it's a good story, right? It, it ends happily. Okay. But they, they meet each other again, but like they, they end up together, right? I need... I need to see a marriage. Sarah, Sarah wants no, proof. No, they don't have to be married. Give me some receipts. They don't have to be married. <laughs> My what should have been, it's not even what should have been. I just want to have a conversation about all the actors and actresses in this and if they're actually hot or not. Hillary Swank, 
that's a genuine conversation <sighs> in the office. Remember? Oh yeah, um, that's right. That episode. Oh my god, I forgot about name? that. Kevin Malone is like, is is Hillary Swank hot? And it is and Kevin I, voice. Yeah. That was good. You obviously think no because you hate her in this role. Well, I don't. Okay, first off, hate is a very strong word. I don't hate her, but I don't like her in this role. No. Um, I also don't necessarily like. She's not. She's not really attractive. Wow. Okay. Yeah. She, pull it. Sorry. No Sorry, Hillary Swank. Here. I think you're a good. I think you're a good actress in other movies, but just not this one. Kate, is Sorry. Harry Connick Jr. hot? This one I actually really struggle with. I have no idea where to place Harry um, Connick Jr. I, think I don't he's even know what he does. He's like a musician cute. actor-ish. Yeah, no, I don't I know. I think he does both like 50%, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and now he just hosts TV shows. You're like, what? what? Yeah, like I think he's I think he's attractive. Rewatchability. Oh, yeah. Chemistry, three. Okay. Storyline, three. <laughs> Thirst Factor, three. Imagination. Really? You got Gerard Butler in here. You're only going to give it a three. three. Soundtrack, one Galway, yeah, Galway there girl's are good. A few songs, yeah. Um, cheese, oh, three. Um, I'm gonna give Thirst Factor a three and a half just for Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Here we go. Like you're not going below a three point five. Cheese, I'm gonna give it a three point five. Storyline, I'm going four. And imagination, I'm going four. Even though it was based off a book, I just thought. It's a story that we haven't really been told since. Oh, I guess, what's that one with Channing Tatum? But no, like he hasn't passed away though. Step up. We, we've never been, oh, shut up. Dear John, it's <laughs> dear, dear John. Dear John, there you go. Um, yeah, we haven't really been told a story of, of a guy who's passed away and his letters keep on arriving, right? That's kind of interesting. Chemistry, four, just because you got Gerard Butler and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, but there was no chemistry. Was there? Was the chemistry so strong between them and Hillary Swank that you would give that a four? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Pfft, out to lunch. Out to lunch here. And soundtrack, you know what, Sarah? I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to give it a 3.5 for soundtrack. Okay. We got some great sing-alongs. We had Flogging Molly to close out the movie, If I Ever Leave This World Alive. Yeah, but great song. off the top, yeah, that's a good song. Um, Off the top of my head, though, like, I could only remember Galway Girl. So this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of P.S. I Love You. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, if you, that's where you're listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. We love reading those. And uh, if you want to reach out, that's one way to do it. As well, you can uh, fire us a message at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.